Welcome back to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Darcy Steiner. And here's a bit about Darcy. Darcy J. Steiner has served in the ministry as a teen and women's ministry leader, as well as assisted with church plants in Denver and Los Angeles. In 2001, Darcy nearly lost her life after a debilitating fall. During her recovery, she earned her master's of science degree in holistic nutrition and implemented natural remedies into her diet that helped save her life. When Darcy became disabled a second time after a foot injury in 2018, she turned her focus toward ministry again. By writing her debut book, Beauty Beyond the Thorns, Discovering Gifts in Suffering, and its companion, study guide for beauty beyond the thorns, discovering gifts in the suffering. Darcy and her husband have two adult daughters and one baby granddaughter. They live in the Denver area. And today we're going to be talking about up, the upside of suffering. And without further ado, let's welcome Darcy Steiner. Aw, thank you so much, Genesis. It's a very nice introduction. Thank you. Thank you, Darcy. And so your bio is incredible. And we, we all know that a bio is just a bio, but we want to know more. Who is Darcy Steiner? Well, um, I'm a woman who has had a lot of suffering in her life. Um, you know, you don't know when you're going to go through trials in your life or how often. And just because you go through it once doesn't mean you've gone through as much suffering as you're ever going to go through in your life. You know, you just might go through something major again. And for me, I've experienced my worst nightmare twice, you know, and that is the inability to walk. And uh, so done that twice, like most things I have to do in my life. <laughs> wow. And that is a hard thing, especially whenever you're independent and you lose your ability to walk and you have to depend on other people, whether it's your spouse, your children, or et cetera. I haven't personally gone through that, but my dad did in 2020. He went to the hospital in May. And then three days later, we found out that my dad was paralyzed due to medical negligence from the waist down. And so his whole entire quality of life changed. And then fast forwarding, my dad went to rehab. He got worse. He ended up getting a um, bed sore that turned into an open wound, got sepsis, went back and forth to multiple facilities. And then in November, the day before Thanksgiving, I got a call that they found my dad unresponsive in his hotel room and he died. And the way they called me was just so heart-wrenching. So I could relate to what, um, what you're going through in a sense. And it is so hard when you see someone's entire quality of life change and sometimes people on the outside looking in they don't understand it because they've never walked in your shoes or they haven't been where you are metaphorically speaking so I want to dive into when that happened to you not just once but twice how did you feel like did you um, feel like hopeless did you feel like why is this happening to me Sure. Well, the first time was just a complete surprise. Um, well, both were, but 
um, freak accidents the both both times. And the first time, you know, I fell down the stairs and my kids were home. They were two and a half and five. Um, so they watched this happen and then they watched me become bedridden and they were used to having me take them to the zoo or to the library. And so, yeah, our, our lives changed very much, um, you know, and the kids were adaptable, but yeah, it was hard. And the, the hardest part about that was being separated from my kids because what I had, um, which I can delve into now or, or later on was a, a, a disease. Well, it's, I don't know if it's a disease. It's a syndrome. It's called complex regional pain syndrome and it's a severe nerve pain disorder. And so a sheet, I had a hard time bearing the weight of a sheet, let alone a hand from a child, you know, or a child jumping into my arms. And that was the hardest part. Genesis was, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. And I, I could not be the kind of mom that I always imagined that I would be. And I couldn't understand why God would give me two children and then not let me raise them. Um, you know, so I fought. I, I fought. I went into major depression um, because I was in so much pain and I, I wanted to die. I, I asked God to take me, um, even though I had a family. I mean, I, I, I just, I loved them so much, but I didn't know how I could bear the pain another day. The pain that you were going through internally within your body was, and do you feel that pain that you went through internally and, you know, the physical pain was affecting your mental health, right? Because you mentioned that you felt depressed and you had your questions and you asked God, like, you know, why? And then you said, God, take me because he's, you just didn't understand and it. And sometimes in the natural, things look different than how he sees things in the supernatural, but we're going through the pain and we're suffering and we're going through the ups and downs, but then we have these people we love and we can't really love them the way we want to love them because we're going through this emotional pain, the physical pain and all of the things. And sometimes when people are coming into our life, they're like, oh, everything's going to be okay. And they say all these things to try to make you feel good, when in actuality, it does not make you feel good. And you don't want to verbally attack them. But then it's like, you haven't even walked in my shoes, you have not sat where I've been and etc. Is that mm -hmm. how you felt in a sense? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, people expect that you get better after an injury. And I think it's important to know that not all people get better. And sometimes they do, but sometimes it takes a while, you know? So I think it's important to be careful in saying or having an expectation that, oh, she'll be up in a couple weeks, you know? Um, sometimes people go the other way, you know? Sometimes people get worse and never get better or, you know, like me, I ended up being able to walk again after five years, you know, but it took five years. And so that expectation is like, you know, 
I, I just think we need to be careful. And like with you, with your dad, and I, I'm so sorry you lost your father, Genesis. And my heart just goes out to you. Um, I lost my father the year before you did. And, you know, it, it's difficult at the end there because you're, you are not, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to handle it. You've never been through it before. Yeah. You know? Go ahead. And thank you so much for your condolences and my condolences to losing um, your father. And sometimes people don't understand what it's like to lose a parent because it's a different type of grief that you go through and especially something where it could have been prevented. And I felt like if COVID wasn't the big thing, then my dad would have, you know, still been here today, but when you go into the hospital, everyone's so worried about COVID patients, you forget about the patients who are there who aren't battling with COVID and that they need help too. And then to just go from being a daughter to your father's caregiver, on top of all the other things that you have going on, like I'm a wife, you know, I'm, I'm an aunt and all of these other things. It's like now I'm helping my dad, like when he came home, like, changing his diaper. And that's a very humbling experience because no parent who's in their early sixties wants to have their, their daughter help them with that. But whenever you can't help yourself, you have to rely on your family. And I can never imagine what my dad was going through. And I questioned God so much. I said, my dad is a man of faith. He went to seminary school. He's always spreading the gospel and doing all of these things. Why would you allow this to happen to him? And then something went off and said, you know what? It's not your will, but it's my will be done on earth. Mm -hmm. And I'm the creator i still put put um broken pieces on the potter wheel and make a masterpieces and now looking looking back i said okay well i'm thankful that i got to spend the time that i did with my dad when he came when he came home for the short period for home help i'm thankful that i had my dad for 29 years of my life because some people don't even have a father in their life and i just try to think about all the things that i'm grateful for and just shower with the gratitude but hindsight when when you're going through the trials and the tribulations, it's not pretty, it's ugly, and it sucks. And you begin to question God, but we are human beings. And, you know, the, I'm so glad he gives us mercy and he forgives us, you know? No kidding. And when you mentioned that you walked after five years, Darcy, five is the number of grace. And I wish I'd known you back then so you could have poured into my dad. But I'm so glad that I've met you now. And can you say the syndrome once again? Because I want this to be a teachable moment. Yes, it, it, and it is rare. So it's called complex regional pain syndrome. And it happens after you have an injury. Uh, so my initial injury was a fall down the stairs and I hurt my back. So as I was being, as I was bedridden, the complex regional pain syndrome began. The second time I developed complex regional pain syndrome was after an injury at my daughter's wedding, a chair fell and hit my ankle and reinitiated that complex regional pain syndrome that had laid dormant in my life for many years. So did the doctors ever tell you 
what necessarily caused that? Is it curable or is it something that you just live with and then you just take the necessary precautions? Great question. You know, once you get it, it's very rare that it goes away. And if it does, your percentage of getting it, I think, is 80% uh, if, it, if it ever goes away. So, you know, I ne I've never had a very clear diagnosis. They say probable complex regional pain syndrome, but it, it makes sense. I mean, I kind of fit the mold for it because they can't find anything else uh, to label it. But it's a severe nerve pain disorder is what it is. Wow. And thank you for sharing that because it's very educational. I wrote it down so I could go back and look it up and continue to learn more about it. And um, Darcy, how did you push yourself to transition from, you know, being disabled and not walking to walking after five years? What did that look like for you? And how important was God during that transition and transformation? Gosh, you have such good questions. Okay. So um, what helped me get better was I, before my fall, about three weeks before my fall, I had received some books that were nutrition books because I was beginning a master's program in nutrition. And the first couple years that I had the complex regional pain syndrome, I was in so much pain. I couldn't focus on anything but the pain. I just laid there and like I said, wanted to die. Um, however, one day when I was reading a paragraph, I, I could sit up for a couple minutes at a time. And so I would read in my book because the doctors couldn't figure out how to help me. I had been to so many. And so it was up to me. It was up to me. But really, it was up to God. You know, it's up to God. But God used these nutrition books and good foods that he made to help me start feeling better. So my husband began making this protein shake and uh, I could keep it down and discovered that drinking calories, that made me thirsty, um, is easier than eating calories. So that was something important that we learned. And so I began to put on some weight because I had lost a lot of weight because when you're hurting so badly, you're not hungry. And so I wasn't hungry, but I started desiring this protein shake. And so I began putting on some weight and began developing some hope. And I prayed to God. I'm like, okay, God, please give me, you know, what I need to learn. Please allow me to be a wife to my husband again, you know, and a mom to my kids. And it took a long time, Genesis. It took little tiny baby stepping stone steps. And for people that are listening, don't give up. Even if your step is small, it makes a difference. And if you take another small step the next day, those small steps do lead somewhere and God was leading on me lead, leading me on a path and uh, I didn't know if I'd ever walk again if I'd get better but fast forward you know those five years and it took me six years but I I earned my 
master's degree in holistic nutrition. And I could walk again. My complex regional pain syndrome disappeared completely, completely. And I opened a nutrition practice because I wanted to teach people what I had learned. And I felt like God gave me my life back again. And he gave me a new purpose. He gave me a new job. And the most exciting part was just, you know, being a mom and a wife again, because that's all that really mattered. When it came down to it, that's all that mattered was family, you know. So, yes, God was very involved in that. And um, he showed me his redemption. And I'm not saying, I want to be careful here. I'm not saying that God is only good when he heals. God is good all the time. Even if he didn't give that back to me, he was still good. And I've learned so much more about God during my second disability that I'll speak on, you know, when you ask me about it. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, I did learn so much about God and he was gracious and Good foods helped heal me and pool therapy helped heal me. And uh, so. Wow, that is an incredible. And I'm so glad that you clarified that because God is good in the bad times and in the good times because it's the bad times that he uses to strengthen us, to show mm -hmm. us that, you know, although you may not see me, I'm there with you working behind mm -hmm. the scenes. And some people call him Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. Some people like to say he's alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. Other people, you know, just like to just shower him and love on him. And we have to, you know, be gracious to know that sometimes when we think that he's far away, he's telling us, I'm not far away, I'm close. But if you would just come to me and ask and labor, labor in me and just shut out the negativity, shut out the distractions, I'll give you what you need. And sometimes he doesn't always give us what we want, but he gives mm -hmm. us what we need or right. vice versa. But we just have to have that um, spirit to be open and ready to receive. And one thing that I liked is that um, during while you're going through the pain, God saw purpose in your pain. So he allowed you to go through the pain because he knew that pain was going to ignite the purpose that he was going to deliver in and through you. And when people look back, they're going to be like, wow, you know, Darcy couldn't do that on her own strength and they'll be more intrigued to ask you these questions and then you get to talk about God and as you're talking mm -hmm. about God he's getting the glory because some people don't believe in God and you know that that's their choice but to us who really know who God has been in our life when no one else could have done it but the source it's just incredible feeling and I'm glad that we could impart that seed because we don't know how this message and how your story is going to touch the lives of other people and if it just touches one person you've done your job because you don't know who that person is going to go on and touch and bless and create that ripple and domino effect right right yeah yeah and now and no, go ahead, Darcy. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, that I'm thinking of one uh, one client that I worked with. You said, you know, you, you just touch one person. And there was this teenager that I worked with um, who had anorexia. 
and she wasn't raised to believe God, but God healed her of her anorexia. We worked together for a couple of years and she was destroyed by trying to fit this image of the perfect teenager. You know, I need to be thin and she hated herself and she believed Satan's lies about her, but she learned how God saw her, how he formed her, how he knit her individually and specially in her mother's womb. And once she realized who she was made from, you know, that she was made in the image of God and she was valuable and she was healed from anorexia. So that story was just dropped down in my mind, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 we're not in wrong. That's why we're having this um, conversation the way we are, coffee chat style. And I'm glad you shared that because if it was dropped down in your spirit, it's because somebody who's going to play this recording needed to hear that. So yes, let's, we're going to flow and keep this conversation just moving. So don't be sorry. You know, it's it's um, a Kairos moment, which is a God-appointed moment is what I like to say. And so I want to go deeper and learn more about your second disability. What was that disability? How did you feel when you were fa- faced with it? Thank you. Well, um, so it was the day of my daughter's wedding. and. Luckily, it was after, and I was almost out of the facility, but I had forgotten my dress, so I had to make one more run, and as I was running by a stack of chairs that were leaned up against the wall, these were heavy wooden wedding chairs, um, one fell down, hit my ankle, which is where the complex regional pain syndrome had settled in my body during the first bout with it. So I thought, you know, I kind of knew at that moment, my life had changed for a long time to come and I was lamenting and on the way home from the wedding, my younger daughter was like, can we just celebrate what we just were at? Can't we just celebrate my sister's wedding? And of course I wanted to, too. It was an incredible wedding. Everything was awesome, but I was in this horrendous pain. Like we had to stop at 7-Eleven and get ice. And so people thought this again was going to be like six weeks to heal this sprained ankle, right? But six weeks has been three plus years now. It hasn't gone away. And it's not a sprained ankle. It's it's my feet. It is terrible nerve pain in my feet that feels like when I walk, it feels like I'm walking in corkscrews. I just, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So I get around in a scooter and when we go out in a wheelchair, I can walk a little bit more than I used to be able to. I can thankfully walk to to the bathroom so I don't need to use a commode my husband can leave and, you know, I just, I have to be careful, but there have been periods of time, the first couple of years, again, in this, I could do nothing. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't make it to the bathroom. So I had to use a commode. I couldn't, um, there was a period of time I, I injured my hands because I was trying to transfer my body 
you know, with my hands from the chair to the bed and lifting my body with my hands and my hands develop the complex regional pain syndrome. So I spent one night in the hospital. They didn't know what to do with me. And so Mark had to take care of me uh, for the next two months. I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't dry my tears. I could not use my hands or my feet. And so I sat by my bedroom window and I watched people walk behind our house on the trail. And I prayed. I just, I was, I prayed. And God created this space for me to just be with him. Because that's literally all I could do. And this space that he created ended up being the largest blessing of my life. It was amazing. Wow, that is a, that is amazing. And oh my gosh, that is amazing. So the next question is, oh, sorry, this is just so good. Um, you want me just to continue on? Yes, please. And I'm gonna... I'm going to um, go get the door really quick. So we're going to have to pause. I think my brother just got here. One moment. This is just. Okay. Do you want to pause it? Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. So Darcy. So you're, because I'm getting the image. So you're sitting by your window. Is that the window that you sit by the one behind you? No, I'm actually in an office, but it was in our bedroom. Um, I just stayed in the bedroom and, you know, we have a window there. And so I was watching people and I, I was just, I was looking at the homes because I can see a lot of homes and I just started praying for the people in the homes. And I was thinking, you know, each one of these homes has their own brand of brokenness. Yeah. I'm not the only one sitting in a house hurting. And so I started thinking about other people in their brokenness and praying for them. And, you know, these conversations that I had with God was really interesting because there was kind of this back and forth and I didn't hear God, but this is what happened. So I would pray and then I would say verses that I had memorized from the Bible in response like these verses just came to my mind. So then I would say them out loud and then I would pray. And then I would say verses that came to my mind. And so it was kind of like God talking to me, you know, I mean, it wasn't audible, but it was his word. Yeah. And, and yeah. Oh, go ahead. Because the one thing that really dropped out of my spirit, let me say this really quick. is like, yeah, you were praying over, your neighbors and their homes and et cetera. And then something inside of you was bringing into remembrance the scriptures that you read and memorized. So even though God was not talking to you in an audible way, he was talking to you through scriptures that you had remembered. So he needed to remind you what his word was saying about you and the season that you were in. And even though some people may say, well, how do you hear God? Sometimes we hear him in a song. We hear him in a movie. 
we hear them by the scriptures that we read and that we um, memorize. And that's why he says, write, write the scriptures on the table of your heart. So whenever you're going through something, those um, scriptures come to strengthen you. I just wanted to pour that out really quick because I'm like, that's what was dropped down. No, it's so true. Like there's a reason why he says, write them on the tablet of your heart. It's important to memorize scripture because I couldn't hold a book. I couldn't hold my Bible. So, but he was still present with me because I had memorized these verses and verses that I had memorized years previous that I couldn't recall even now came to my mind. So I know he brought them to me and he was speaking to me through his word. And that's where I began. I was like, you know, I started seeing things that I could put in a book and I began seeing the beauty of him despite the thorns, you know, and I, I started getting better. My hands started improving um, to the point where, you know, I can sit. I couldn't sit before I couldn't type, but my hands still hurt, but they don't hurt like they did. So I just began typing and I prayed, God, what do you want me to write? What do you want me to say today? And I just started writing and it turned into this book. And I, I had no idea it was going to become a book, but I talked about gifts that he gives to us in suffering, like the gift of perseverance, because I ran out of perseverance. So where does perseverance come from? It doesn't come from my strength. It comes from God, you know, the gift of hope, you know, I may never walk again, but I, I see God in suffering. And I'm closer to him when I suffer than when I don't. So I'm, I'm happy in my place right now. And I don't know if he'll heal me, but I think it's okay. I think I'm in a place where it's okay because he's there. He's there with me. And in, whenever you feel alone, if, you, if anybody listening ever feels alone, read the story about Hagar. Because she called God, she gave him a new name, the God who sees, Jehovah Rapha. Is that right? Rapha, did I get it right? I think Jehovah. so. I say the name's different, but as long as we know what it means, I think the way we pronounce it does not matter because he still hears us when we um, usher in the presence and call the name. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but he sees us. He sees us when we feel alone and when we're in pain, we feel alone often, but we are not alone. He is there with us in suffering and there is beauty to be found when we go through seasons of suffering, no matter what kind of suffering. Mine happens to be disability, but you know, others who are listening might be the thorn of divorce or the thorn of financial troubles or whatever and so my book is relatable to any kind of suffering God is there he's with us that is amazing Marcy and that is why 
you call it the upside of suffering because now yes. that you are talking, I'm seeing your upside to the suffering that you are facing. And I want you after this recording to listen to a song by Sanctus Real called Confidence. Okay. And you'll right understand. There. You'll understand why I want you to listen to that. And then the next song is Courtney Ramirez, Perfectly Loved. And I could send those to you via email. And those are beautiful songs that um, I've heard by way of Engine Radio. And whenever I'm feeling blue, it just picks me up because the the words that are being conveyed and sung are just so evident and it's just so real and vibrant and Marcy as we begin to wind down I want you to tell the listeners as well as the viewers one or two gems that keep you going whether they're quotes scriptures mantras or something that just picks you up when Marcy feels like she's going low and then close us out with who you are how they could connect with you on social media and leave your contact information, not your VA, but Darcy Steiner. Okay. (laughs) So my gems, Um, you know, Paul had a thorn in his flesh, but God used him to write more books in the Bible than anyone. Right? That keeps me going. God used Paul, even though he had a thorn in his flesh, and his thorn was there to keep him humble. So humility is beautiful, and that keeps me grounded. So that's a gem. Another gem is the importance of caregiving. My husband has been a critical part of this because he is my caregiver he takes care of me and i i think that caregivers are often forgotten and so it's important to remember people and not just yourself you know and so my other gem is what people have poured into me and taught me and given to me and like you, Genesis, today, this pours into me and and I have a new friend now, you know, somebody that I've connected with. So you're a gem, Genesis. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm just so glad that you gave a shout out to caregivers because I like to think of caregivers are superheroes. They may not wear the white coats. They may not have a cape on their back, but what they do day in and day out to sacrifice their time, their energy to pour into some someone else and help that person is amazing. And sometimes, you know, they often go unnoticed. And I like to think of them as the hidden figures. But um, I did a piece on that, a solo piece called um, Caregivers are, are Superstars as, and Superheroes. I'll have to listen to that. That's wonderful. I'll have my husband listen to that too. Yeah. And he wrote a chapter in my book about caregiving. So um, yeah, the name of my book, if, if anybody's interested, I have a book and a study guide. So it's called Beauty Beyond the Thorns. 
Discovering Gifts in Suffering, and it talks about the upside of suffering, the good things that we can find. And the study guide is just to help personalize what the book says to the individual who's reading it um, to answer certain questions about what they read in the text. So both of those are available only on Amazon right now. And people can reach me. Um, I'll spell my name because it's spelled differently. So um, how people can reach me is D. Oh, wait, hold on, Darcy. Can you say that again? But it's a little bit muffled. So I want to make sure they hear the full pronunciation and spelling of your name. Okay, let me speak into the microphone. Is this better? A little bit. It sounded like papers were shuffling. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, So my name is Darcy J. Steiner. So D-A-R-C-I, middle initial J. Steiner is S T E I. N-E-R at, uh, no, it's just .com, sorry, DarcyJSteiner.com is my website, and my social media profiles are there, my book is for sale there, so that's probably the best place to go, is DarcyJSteiner.com. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS with Genesis Omaris Kemp. You just heard Darcy J. Steiner, and she talked about the upside of suffering. She has a book and a study guide on the market. She has a master's in holistic nutrition, and she is doing a lot of incredible things on the forefront as well as behind the scenes. And I want to leave you with... The potter's wheel still works. Even though you're broken, that does not mean you can't be mended to that masterpiece you were created to be. Know who you are, know whose you are, and allow God to usher into your life. And for those of you who may not know God, ask someone who's already on their journey so they could, you know, help you or Ask him, show me who you are. Let me know if you're real or whatnot. And you could talk to him similar to how Darcy and I were talking. Find a quiet place with no distractions and just start talking, whether you're talking out loud or you're talking inwardly from your heart. He still hears you and he loves you no matter what you've done in your past, no matter what sins you've you've committed God still loves you he's sovereign and he forgives you so don't ever let the pressures of life the pressures of society and things beat you up that's a trick of the enemy a tactic of the devil you were created for greatness and you are great so stop looking at other people and look at what you have in your wheelhouse and until we chat next time i love to sign out with peace love and lots of blessings go out and have yourself an amazing day and tap in with darcy j steiner